Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Second installment of the WWS Radio Network NWO Wolfpack here. <clears throat> I'm of course Mr. WS Chad Hinshaw joining you once again uh, tonight. Of course, I will explain in full detail what we have going on here momentarily. But first off, let me introduce you to who we have on the line here tonight, who will help me go come go through the evening, giving their thoughts and opinions on our main subject tonight. Of course, so far I have one half of the duo known as King Ice. I have the Ice part of it right here, the Ice Band, J.D. Jeremy Geraldo. Of course, a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer from Indie Outlook, Raw Radio, and Wrestling Revisited. Also joining me on the line here tonight, <clears throat> uh, so far two, I should say, uh, 2016 WWS Hall of Famers. First off, from uh, <clears throat> from the uh, from Raw Radio and Wrestling Revisited. Of course, I have Big Diesel Gregory Kramer on the line here tonight, as well as via Skype here tonight. I have the last kicker, Anne Marie Rockenbach. <clears throat> also joining just here, just here right under the wire, we also have Mister Hulkamania himself from my neck of the woods, the home of WS. Bob Ziggler has joined us. And uh, gentlemen, welcome to episode number forty-three of NWO Wolfpack. It's a pleasure. It's a bittersweet night, though, in a lot of ways, though. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, J.D. couldn't have summed it up best. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, uh, as you probably heard, uh, of course, a change in the pro- program lineup here for tonight. As the news just came right into the wire here, I uh, just heard about it here this morning, as a matter of fact, that yes, indeed, <clears throat> we should have been circulating all over the wrestling scene here. 
uh, and that is, of course, the untimely, once again, another untimely wrestling passing, as we're starting to call it, as the one and only China, but of course, uh, her real name, Joni Lauer, uh, has, has suddenly passed away at the age of 45 in her home in California. Uh, <clears throat> of course, once again, on behalf of everyone here in the WWS Radio Network, I'd like to send our condolences to our, her family and her friends, and most, most importantly, her her continuation of fan support that she continued had even after leaving the wrestling ring. Um, this is she was um, um, one of the true uh, a true I guess you could say a true pioneer in the wrestling world and all that uh, overcame so many barriers. Uh, of course, was the first female, of course, to enter into the Royal to the Royal Rumble and also the King of the Ring tournament and uh, also even. Even uh, of course, at one time was a number one contender for the for the WWE title. At one point, I uh, even co-held uh, a major male championship. Of course, I'm referring to the Intercontinental Championship. I uh, even held it by ourselves on several occasions as well. But we'll get more into that here as the story progresses. Of course, we'll, tonight we'll be doing a special wrestler profile series on the one and only China. Her <clears throat> her. Uh, her uh, life, what has transpired before and after uh, her uh, stint in wrestling, and then of course with time allotted, we'll be a, we'll be probably throw out a few fancy matchups here between China and and several people who we who we to our understanding never never uh, she never faced in the ring. But if you care to join myself, uh, JD. Gregory, Bobby, and Ann here tonight. Please feel free to give us a call. 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 138-521-POUND. And press that 1 if you want to join, join into the conversation that we have going on here this evening. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, and this year I'll be like a very, like I said, a very bit, uh, also a very, uh, I said, a very bittersweet night. Uh, of course, as we had mentioned before, this is the second Wrestling passing to happen in about a week's time. Of course, last week, we, of course, we reported here that we lost a, a true um, wrestling legend in the form of ECW superstar Balls Mahoney. But this right here will also be a, another untimely. This was another untimely wrestling passing, and we'll definitely get into more details about that tonight. <clears throat> but before we do all that, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we will take care of our main our main two bits of business that we always do here. On all the shows here in the radio network, it has, of course, our wrestling news and views. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, of course, we still await the arrival of King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith. We don't know if he will be able to make it on tonight or not. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the Iceman has a few uh, wrestling stories. Uh, we will go ahead and let him dive on in to what he's got available. Uh, <clears throat> and if Gerard does pop on here, if he has anything, by all means, please, uh, we will definitely we will definitely get his uh, get, get his contributions as well. So, J.D., I'll let you go ahead and spearhead the news here tonight, and hopefully, like I said, you know, Gerard just pop on. We'll let him uh, have a few words as well. So, J.D., go ahead and take take us uh, into the uh, realm of wrestling news. Let us know what's going on here this evening. All right. Thank you very much, Chad. And as we said, however, we heard late last night slash early this morning, the shocking, stunning news, and I think we're still feeling shocked and stunned about this news, that Joni Lauer, China, age 45, however, one of the great pioneer divas of her time in the late 90s and 2000s, of course, was found dead in her California home uh, late last night slash early this morning. From what we've heard, police say she was unresponsive when they tried to revive her, however, and she had also been having some personal health issues as of late, however. 
Uh, needless to say, we do not know yet whether or not WWE will announce anything on Raw, but imagine this coming Monday night with the show returning to the States in Hartford, Connecticut, right in their backyard, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, other than that, of course, uh, nothing else to report. Of course, Triple H and Stephanie, as we said before, if we didn't announce it already, is set to return next week to television. We do not know if it will be on Monday night or this following night in Manchester, New Hampshire, as they will make their first appearance in almost three weeks' time. And the only other news to report right now at the moment, however, another tragedy also today. The artist formerly known as Prince Tower, who sang such hits as Purple Rain, When Doves Cry, and was probably one of the greatest music pioneers of his time in the 80s, and throughout the last 30-some years, however, was found dead late this morning, slash early this afternoon in his home just outside of Minneapolis. He was only 57 years old, and our thoughts and prayers certainly with the Prince Nation, however, and his friends and family. Our hearts go out to them tonight. Just in, I mean, we heard about China earlier today, and now uh, this happened today. And, of course, earlier this week we also lost another great entertainer in the form of actress Doris Roberts, who we mentioned as well. So it has been a crazy two weeks losing a bunch of uh, big names, to say the least. But today the two biggest ones, obviously, are being Prince and, of course, China. Uh, absolutely, JD. Thank you very much for providing us with that uh, brief glimpse into the rest of the news. And of course, if uh, Gerard has anything, uh, he just come in and has anything, we'll let him, of course, uh, bring it here to us as as the night progresses. At he was in press machine. John Gross has not yet arrived, so I will go ahead and provide us with rest of the history here for this date here, which is April twenty first. Uh, some very interesting here, um, and we'll go. Uh, uh, we'll. Um, <clears throat> Um, we'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and then like I said just just saying some brief uh, brief items about some of the past moments here wrestling history. Uh, of course, I, on this date, uh, like I say, April twenty first, forty three years ago, um, that would put it at about I believe nineteen seventy three. Giant Baba defeated Mark Lewin to win the first ever All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Now this is kind of interesting. Now, I was just reading. Uh, I was just reading this here. Thirty-six years ago today, which we, we put it at nineteen. Uh, we put it at nineteen eighty itself in New York City. Ken Patera defeated Pat Patterson to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. This is the actual. This is actually the first time the WWF Intercontinental Championship was defended. Uh, first off, they had said that Patterson was awarded the title as the North American champion at the time, but during, while they were doing this article, they actually marked this out and said, in parentheses, won a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, he did in 79, and then 1980, of course. They, I think they acknowledged that. That was one of the first times they acknowledged it, but I don't think they really gave it its proper uh, introduction till about late 79, early 80, I would say. Something about that time. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, here, JD. Uh, Thirty-two years ago today, which we put at about 1984, yes. In my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated Dick Slater to win the NWA United States Championship. <clears throat> okay. Eighteen years ago today, which we put it at about 19, mm, 1998. No, 1988, I think. 88. I Eighteen years ago, two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, eighty-eight. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, have to, I don't have my calculator. What is it, Bobby? 
That was a year after I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Anyway, Scott Steiner was arrested for threatening an Atlanta Department of Transportation worker, then hitting him twice with his Ford pickup truck when the worker, who was directing traffic at the time, wouldn't let Steiner drive down a lane that was being worked on in Cherokee County. The worker, Paul Kasperian, was not seriously injured. The following March, Steiner pled guilty to aggravated assault and making terroristic threats on a city official. The felonies carry a maximum 30-year jail sentence, but Steiner, was, as a first-time offender, was sentenced to 10 days in prison, placed on seven years probation, ordered to pay $25,000 in fines, restitution, and legal costs, and ordered to perform 200 hours of community service. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I guess hmm. the temper showed up early on then, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's, that's when we started seeing that. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, 14 years ago today, this was actually this, that, this was actually put in at 2002. That's so what I was right. That was 98 when that happened. Yeah, 98. Okay. It was 98. It was 98 when that I, happened. I, okay. I was thinking of 88. It was 28 then. That's why I got subtracted. I went back in my head. Okay, you were right. 98. Yep. So the, okay. 98. It was 98. It was 98. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Four, 14 years ago today, like I said, this was put at 2002. WWF presented backlash from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. 12,489 were in attendance with 400,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's up from 375,000 for the event that was held a year before in 2001. This was the first World Wrestling Federation pay-per-view at the Kemper Arena since Owen Hart's tragic death at Over the Edge in May of 1999. This was also the last domestic pay-per-view under the WWF name as the British court decides a few weeks later that they can no longer use WWF name. A British court told them they couldn't use it? That yeah. was unbelievable. They could no longer use the WWF name. <clears throat> but match ratings, are, like I said, from uh, Wrestling Observer's Newsletter, uh, of course, Dave Metzer has recorded in the Internet Wrestling Database. Ratings are out of a possible five stars, and I'll and I'll explain everything here in just a minute. Now here we go. Here here's a, here's the rundown of all the matches here. In a Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, the Big Show defeated Justin Credible and Stephen Richards in a two-on-one handicap match. Easy match right there for him, I think. Tajiri defeated Billy Kidman to win the cruiserweight title. That was a three point five out of five. Now, that was not too bad. Scott Hall defeated Bradshaw. Which only had a .25 rating. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm Jazz defeated Trish Stratus to retain the WWF Women's Championship. It was a 1.5. Brock Lesnar defeated Jeff Hardy. That was also a 1.5. Kurt Angle defeated Edge, which was a 4.25. Eddie Guerrero defeated RVD to win the Intercontinental Title. That was a 3.25. That was a good match. I remember. The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the number one contender for the undisputed title. Ric Flair was a special referee, 2.25. Billy and Chuck defeated Maven and Al Snow to retain the tag team titles. This was also a 2.25. And here we go. This is the, 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 the big main event match of this. If everyone does remember this, Hulk Hogan defeated Triple H to win the undisputed WWF title. This was Hogan's first WWF championship since 1993. At the time, the second longest drought between championship reigns in WWF history. This match, however, only drew a 1.25. Yeah, because that's on one of Hogan's uh, DVDs, I remember. They showed that match, actually. Yeah, oh, I remember that, too. Yeah, I remember that. 12 years ago, 12 years ago today, which would be 2004, 
At an NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, AJ Styles defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight title. Okay. Eight years ago today, which put it at 2008, WWE presented King of the Ring on a special on a special edition of Raw from Greenville, South Carolina. I do remember this. The, the, I thought they started having these tournaments on Raw. I remember never seeing this. In a dark match, Ron Killings defeated Trevor Murdoch. The quarterfinals of this match was Chris Jericho defeated MVP by submission. CM Punk defeated Matt Hardy. Finley defeated the Great Khali by DQ. And William Regal defeated Hornswoggle by submission in just 18 seconds. <laughs> Which I, wouldn't, I don't think that really surprised me. Uh, CM Punk defeated, in the semifinals, CM Punk defeated Jericho. And Regal defeated Finley by knockout. Ooh, okay. And the final match, William Regal defeated CM Punk to win the King of the Ring tournament. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, non-tournament bouts in order of recurrence. Carlito defeated Hardcore Holly. Uh, <laughs> this is hilarious. This was around the time of the presidential election. I'm sure everyone remembers this. Barack Obama fought Hillary Clinton to a no contest mm-hmm. when Umaga took out both competitors. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I think the fall was Abraham Washington in five round or two, I think. I, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure I'm right because they, I remember he was in that costume they, for a while. Because did, did, didn't Barack Obama use the Rocks theme? Yes. And then Hillary Clinton yes. used the Hulk Hogan Three American. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And also, uh, <clears throat> the team of Randy Orton, Edge, Chavo, and JBL defeated the Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and John Cena. Yeah, that was a good match. I remember. Yeah, eight years ago today. Uh, also in 2018, NASA's via press release a campaign to cross the line, right here in quotations, and change the future of professional wrestling. <clears throat> Here's the story. Uh, and I won't read the whole thing right there. Um, this is this is pretty long here. Uh, we got a few minutes. TNA Wrestling launches cross the line campaign to challenge fans across the world to change the future of pro wrestling. This was around April 21st of 2008. TNA Wrestling Today officially announced its launch of Cross the Line, a worldwide marketing campaign to brand TNA as a call to action for fans of professional wrestling. I think it was Cross the Line will, will encourage fans who have never watched TNA to try it, current TNA fans to recruit others, wrestling stars from around the world to cross the line and join TNA, as the official launch of TNA's revolution to call out the competition. <laughs> the Cross the Line will be supported by a multi-layer advertising and marketing campaign, including electronic and print placements and a variety of interna- interactive initiatives. During its first ever live telecast of TNA Impact on March 27th, on Spike TV, TNA premiered Cross the Line with a 30-second commercial, a new opening ID tag, and new graphics. Wrestling fans who attended from around the globe became the first to symbolically cross the line over yellow TNA caution tape as they entered into the Impact Zone at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Impact drew capacity crowds for both the live event and two additional shows throughout the weekend, with thousands more, fan, thousands more fans being turned away. TNA Impact has grown viewership of its original weekly episode airing to 1.5 million viewers on average per week, which, was, which more than doubles the original total average viewership from its debut shows on Spike TV in October of 2005. We have been overwhelmed by the support and passion of TNA fans. Their demand for TNA can't be silenced, and that energy for is what Cross the Line is all about. 
Nothing challenges the establishment of professional wrestling more than the seven millions of wrestling fans chanting TNA. And that, that was a quote by TNA president Dixie Rick, I mean Dixie Carter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you didn't hear that from me, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and also, and also, and also I think it was, oh, you have um, something to say, J.D.? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it Hulk Hogan and Bob Backelman Spectrum in 1980 on this day, I think? We'll have to go back and look at that. I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. You're talking about that match off the unreleased thing. Uh, right, yeah, and I think it was in April of 80 at the Spectrum in Philly. I'll have to pull that out here in a minute. I'll, let me, I'll look at that, and I'll let you know something here. I got the DVD close by. Okay. I'll check it, I'll check it out just a minute. Let's, let's finish reading this right here, and then we'll go ahead and keep on going. One year ago today here, 2015, Tokyo Sports Magazine reported that Takeshi Morishima would retire from wrestling effective immediately. Announcement comes after a blood test reveals that Morishima had a high level of... of oh, crap, I can't pronounce this word. Glyciliated hemoglobin, which was an indication of diabetes. Breaking into the wrestling business in 98, Morishima was, more, was one of two dozen wrestlers in the infamous All Japan Pro Wrestling Mutiny of 2000 when Mishishara Misawa formed the Pro Wrestling NOAH. With a style comparable to that, to that of the late Terry Gordy, Morishima gained fame when he went on a statewide excursion. I saw him win the Ring of Honor World Championship in 2007 from Homicide. He was successfully defended 20 times over the next eight months. The third most successful defense in company history, Samoa Joe, is second with 29, with Brian Danielson and Nigel McGinnis having the most with 38 each. Oh, wow. Just over a year later, Morishima defeated Misawa to win the GHC heavyweight title, the top belt in pro wrestling NOAA, for the first time. He would win the championship again in 2012 and 2014. Morishima had a pair of tryout matches for WWE in August 2008, but was ultimately passed over. Oh, okay. A retirement ceremony was planned for later in the year, but Morishima insisted on having one more match, and the ceremony was canceled. Today would have been the 45th birthday of Brian King, Knighton, best known to wrestling fans as Axel Rotten. Of course, everyone, of course, I don't know. I don't think I don't, we'll need to read any more about him because we we all know about his. Uh, he's got. He, he, but we all know that, that it was later revealed it was an accidental heroin overdose that contributed to his death. It was earlier, I think, on February the fourth. I think we reported this that he passed away. He was found dead in a McDonald's bathroom in Maryland. He was 44 years old. That was, but of course, uh, tag team was of course with the late now late Balls Mahoney. Um, uh, real prominent in ECW, great superstar. Another one gone way too soon. Uh, today is the 58th birthday of Edward Harrison Leslie, known under a dozen gimmick names, including Brute Force, Brother Brutai, The Butcher, The Clip Master, The Disciple, Dizzy Hogan, The Man With No Name, The Man With No Face, and The Zodiac, Leslie is best known to wrestling fans simply as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Leslie broke into the wrestling business in 1977 as Ed Boulder, the brother of Terry Boulder, a.k.a., of course, you know, Hulk Hogan. Leslie wrestled primarily for Mid-South Wrestling and occasionally with the, the, the WWF from 80 to 82 before joining the, the, the WWF full-time in 1984. And an important side note, Leslie and Hogan were almost tight at the hip professionally so much that too early in their career were confused for being brothers. 
Initially brought in as the vain Brutus Beefcake, he was managed by a luscious John, Johnny Valiant. The next year, he joined Greg the Hammer Valentine as the Dream Team. The duo won the tag team title in August 1985, holding them into WrestleMania number two when they were defeated by the British Bulldogs. Lesnar's most famous gimmick was born just before WrestleMania three. The combination of Beefcake accidentally cutting Adrian and Doss's hair just before the event and being left behind by Dino Bravo and Valiant to open the door for the face turn. After Roddy Piper defeated Adrian and Dawes at WrestleMania three, Beefcake would shave Adrian's head. Per pre-match stipulations, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was born. Beefcake would feud with Honky Tonk Man over the Intercontinental Championship in 1988 and was set to win the Intercontinental title at the first SummerSlam, but was taken out by Ron Bass. In 1989, Beefcake feuded with Randy Savage. That feud was intertwined with Hulk Hogan's feud with Zeus, leading to a pair of bouts in the latter half of 89 at SummerSlam, and, uh, of course, the match that, uh, that they had around Christmas time showing the movie No Holds Barred, the movie The Match. I, I remember this. Both bouts were on by Hulk were on by Hogan and Beefcake. At WrestleMania 6, the following April, Beefcake became the first man to defeat Mr. Perfect in a televised singles match. I remember that. Very good match. August 1990, Beefcake again on the books to win their Continental Championship. Suffered a severe facial injury while parasailing. The driver mistook a cue to take off, and Leslie's friend, friend's feet crushed his facial skeleton. Over 100 metal plates were needed to repair the damage. The injury would keep Beefcake away from the ring for more than two years. It would not be until the following year Beefcake returned to television. A mass gimmick played by Leslie in early 91 never made it to television, hosting a talk center called The Barbershop. The same is most famous for Shawn Michaels' breakup of the Rockers, complete with Shawn throwing Marty Jenny through the set's window late in the year, and Sid Justice destroying the set to build his feud with Hulk Hogan. Beefcake returned to the ring in early 93 with a disqualification victory over Ted DiBiase. Bruce's uh, facial injuries would become a storyline fodder in the run-up to WrestleMania 9, where the returning Hogan and Beefcake together as the Mega Maniacs took on Mania for the tag team titles. The Mega Maniacs would get a measure of revenge but lose to, uh, would lose due to, the, to uh, disqualification. It would be Beefcake's final televised bout. He would wrestle exclusively on the house show circuit internationally until his contract expired in August. Leslie followed Hogan in WCW in 1994. He appeared primarily as Hulk's bodyguard, brother Brudai. That October, after Hogan defeated Flair in a steel cage match, a masked man who had been taking Hogan for months tried to attack Hogan again. This time he was caught and unmasked. It was revealed to be brother Brudai, who would be renamed The Butcher. He, along with Kevin Sullivan and Avalanche, formed the Three Faces of Fear. The feud, the feud led to Leslie's highest-profile bout, a world, excuse me, a world title main event bout at Starcade in December '94 against Hogan, which Butcher lost. Leslie's vendetta with Hogan would continue to the following year. The group broke up in May '95, which port the Butcher became an amnesiac and would be would be known as the Man with No Name, and also the Man with No Face. Leslie rejoined Sullivan later in the year as the Zodiac, a black and white face painting character who only replied with yes or no. The Zodiac, as it turned out, was a mole for Hogan in, in its feud with Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom. 1996, Leslie became known as the Booty Man, a man infatuated with his own booty. This is a real thing that actually happened, by the way. And had a high knee finisher, as in high knee, high, high knee, high knee, okay. He was accompanied by the booty bed Kimberly Page and feuded with DDP. The gimmick was phased out around the time the New World Order came into focus. Beefcake tried to join the group over the pat by Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hollywood Hogan. 
Lesnar disappeared from WCW programming for more than a year. Lesnar would return as the almost unrecognizable disciple, Hollywood Hogan's bodyguard in February 98. The disciple would be outed by Roddy Piper during mm-hmm. his feud with Hollywood Hogan. The disciple would often assist Hogan in beatdowns of his adversaries, often use his new finisher, the Apocalypse. Basically what that was was simply the Stone Cold Stunner. Later that year, the disciple was abducted by the warrior. He was brainwashed and eventually became the second member of the One Warrior Nation. After Warrior left, WCW, the disciple was essentially de-pushed to jobber status before being released in January of 1999. After leaving WCW, he wrestled primarily on the independent circuit and started a wrestling school. Lesnar also became, was also a coach on the lone season of the Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling. He was on the Hulkamania Let the Battle Begin Tour of Australia in late 2009 and also competed in a celebrity boxing event, <clears throat> losing to competitive eater Bill Simmons, no relation to the sports journalist of the same name. Leslie married longtime girlfriend Melissa Caruso in August 2013. He married two previous times, first to Kristen, uh, Georgia in 1987, then to Barbara McGonnell in 1994. Leslie had one daughter from the second marriage, 19-year-old Alana. He managed a gym in the Boston area before returning to the ring in 2010. Leslie was ranked among the best singles and tag team wrestlers in the world in the PWI years in 2003 by, P- by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. 173, number 173 and number 94 with Greg Valentine, respectively. And was, and was the 75th singles wrestler in the world by the same publication in the 1995 PWI 500. So, guys, there you go right there on uh, a couple of, like I said, a couple of birthdays, of course, some good wrestling history here tonight. Uh, and uh, and John didn't, he was supposed machine, John Gross didn't make it on here while I was reading this. I did not realize it, but... John, welcome, of course, to Wolfpack. My apologies, everybody. I just want to go ahead and take care of uh, went and took, take, took, took care of that for you there, guy. Uh, J.D., thank you very much, sir, for, of course, for providing us with the news here this evening. Uh, we have not heard yet from King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith. Um, hopefully he'll be able to make it on here tonight. But if he doesn't, I mean, I'm sure that it's, I'm sure if there's something, uh, if there's something, if there is something wrong, then he'll let us know about it. So hopefully, uh, He's okay, and we'll be thinking about it if there is. one <clears throat> Call ID 138-521-POUND. You are listening to episode number 43 of the second installment of the radio network, NWO Wolfpack. I am, of course, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. And, of course, on the line with me here tonight so far is the Iceman, J.D. Jeremy Geraldo, of course, 2015 Hall of Famer, of course, from Raw Radio, in the Outlook, and Rest and Revisited. Also from Raw Radio and Wrestling Revisited, uh, <clears throat> 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer. Also um, joining us here, another 2016, two more 2016 Hall of Famers. On the chat box, of course, the very first Hall of Famer we had this year, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross from Raw Radio. Also on Skype here tonight, the last sticker herself, Anne-Marie Rockenbach is on, on here, yes. And also joining us here as well from my nigga, Woods here in the home of WWS, of course, Mr. Hulkamania himself, Bob Ziegler. Okay, folks, we'll go ahead and dive right on into what we were going to talk about here tonight. Of course, as J.D. mentioned here, of course, in the news here briefly, of course, what I mentioned here right before the, um, on the, uh, at the beginning of the show, of course, like I said, uh, we lost another great wrestling, wrestling legend, as, of course, like I said, we mentioned China, uh, 
<clears throat> one who was, of course, by all means, one of the uh, most gifted um, female competitors ever to perform in the world of professional wrestling. And also, even though that uh, she, uh, after her wrestling stance, she did uh, several other little things in her life and all, she would probably be like said, most well known for you know being nice and making a whole lot of history here. And I'll be reading some of this in just a few moments. But of course, as we did report here, uh, <clears throat> as we report all over, including WWE, has confirmed it that sadly, yes, she has passed away in her home in California at the age of 45 years old. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and dive right in here to a special uh, wrestler profile series on the one and only ninth wonder of the world, China. <clears throat> Of course, like we said before, China was born Joan Marie Lohr. Uh, she was born on December 27, 1970, and sometime between April, uh, between the 17th and yesterday of this year, April 17th and 20th of this year, of course, uh, <clears throat> was an American professional wrestler, actor, glamour model, bodybuilder, and, of course, she was also a pornographic film actor. Lohr first rode the prominence in the professional wrestling promotion in the professional wrestling promotion of WWF in 1997, where she performed under the ring name China, and was billed as the ninth wonder of the world because of the late Andre the Giant, of course, was already billed as the eighth. A founding member of the stable D-Generation X, she held the Intercontinental title, the only female performer to do so twice, and the WWF Women's Championship twice. She was also the first woman to participate in the Royal Rumble and team the ring events, as well as become number one contender to the WWF title, with singles victories over several prominent male wrestlers, including multiple-time world champions Triple H, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Jeff Jarrett, China has left a lasting legacy as the most dominant female competitor of all time. I'm here. <laughs> After leaving the WF 2001, China wrestled sporadically with New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2002 and also TNA in 2011. Uh, before we got, we'll let you know that we did have uh, the last kicker, Emory Rockenbach, had to leave, so uh, we thank her for coming on here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> and also, I did happen to notice here that uh, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Zinger, I think he also had to leave as well, so uh, if y'all can come back on at some point during the night, please feel free to do so. We would love to have you. Uh, outside of wrestling, Laura appeared in Playboy magazine twice, as well as numerous television shows and films. In 2005, Laura was a cast member on VH1's The Surreal Life, which led to several other celebrity reality appearances on the network, including The Surreal Life Fame Games in 2007 and Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew in 2008. She's also known for her tumultuous relationship with fellow wrestler Sean Waltman, because we all know X-Pac, with whom she made a sex tape released commercially in 2004, as, of course, One Night in China, which won a 2006 AVN Award for Best Selling Title. She starred in, 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 in five more pornographic titles, including AVN's 2002 Best Celebrity Sex Tape, Back Door to China. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> of course. No one she Yes, exactly. Anyway, here's a little bit of a brief thing here on China. Of born Joan Marie Lahr. December 27, 1970, in Rochester, New York, died between the 17th and the 20th of this year of, of April in Redondo Beach, California. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not that. I'm watching the Cubs game right now. Jake Arianna is one out away from a no-hitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay, okay. Thank you there, J.D. Other names she, name she was known by was Joni Lawler, China Dolls, China spelled with two N's, The Nice Wonder of the World, and V.A. China. Hmm, I did not know that. She was also, of course, uh, her, she was billed as 5'10", weighed about 180 pounds. Of course, her website, uh, therealchina.com. Uh, and, of course, she made six, for the Internet Adult Film Database, she made six adult films, okay? <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and get right into it. Joan Marie Law was born December 27, 1970, Rochester, New York. The parents, Janet and Joe Law. She had two older siblings, Kathy and Sonny. After her parents divorced when she was approximately four years old, Law had three different stepfathers and one stepmother. According to Laura, her first stepfather threatened suicide at one point, and her biological father, who once accidentally stabbed her mother in the thigh with a bread knife, had a problem with alcoholism. From 1973 to 83, Joni Laura, her siblings, and her mom moved several times. As a child, Laura learned to play both the violin and cello. Laura would later claim that in seventh grade she was sexually kissed by a much older teacher who worked at her school. At age 13, while attending Pinfield High School, Laura began purging after she ate. She left home at age 16 after her mother tried to force her into a drug rehabilitation facility, going instead to live with her biological father. That same year, she began working out, and because her abdominal muscles were so strong, she did not feel any pain when she developed an ovarian tumor. Ooh. She finished her last year of high school in Spain. Okay. She attended the University of Tampa, graduating in 1992 with a major in Spanish literature. During college, she also, also, she also studied French and German. She could converse in other language and later claimed during this time she was raped by two men after getting drunk at a party. She was also a member of the ROTC. She originally wanted to use her knowledge of foreign languages to work for the FBI or the DEA. Subsequently, she joined the Peace Corps and was assigned to Guatemala. After a return to, from abroad, she held several different jobs, a cocktail waitress in a strip club, a singer, a singer in a band, and a 900-member chat line worker. In her mid to late 20s, while living in the Florida Keys, Laura took a six-week class train to be a flight attendant on her way to, for her, to her first flight, however. And he's got a no-hitter. Jake Ariot has won it with a no-hitter, 16 to nothing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir, J.D. On her way to her first flight, however, she was in a car accident and spent four days in the hospital. After recovering from the accident, Laura's sister Kathy helped her get a job selling beepers, and both women also worked as belly dancers. Okay. After college, Laura began to regularly enter fitness competitions. In 1996, Laura competed in the New York City regional level of the Fitness America competition. Because of her large size compared to the other women, Laura usually finished in last place. Hmm. Here we go with her professional wrestling career here, guys. Training in independent circuit from 1995 to 1997. Johnny Laura was trained at Keller Kowalski's Professional Wrestling School in Malden, Massachusetts. Her first match was in 1995 against a male wrestler dressed as a woman. <laughs> okay. While attending the school, she also worked for various independent promotions as Joni Lee. Some of her earliest matches were set up by the late Fabulous Moolah. Hmm, okay, I did not know that. Laura met WWF 
performers Triple H and Shawn Michaels after after professional wrestling show in 1996. After watching tapes of her matches, they decided to bring her in to the WWF as a bodyguard. Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWF initially, did not want her to join the company because she did not. He did not believe the audience would find a woman beating up men believable. <laughs> While waiting for the WWF's decision, <coughs> excuse me. Laura was approached by WCW, who wanted her to be the sole female member of the NWO. <laughs> wow. She initially accepted the offer, but later turned it down when Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon's son, informed her that she was about to be hired by the WWF. Kowalski, her former trainer, however, maintains that he got her hired by the WWF after introducing her to Shane McMahon and telling him of WCW's interest in her. Okay, <clears throat> and of course, uh, of course, her wrestling background here. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and uh, read this. Her professional wrestling career. Uh, her, uh, some of her ring names that she went under was China, China Doll, Joni Lawler, Joni Lee, or just Joni. She was built at five foot ten. I said weighed about one hundred eighty pounds. She was billed from Londonderry, New Hampshire. I did not know that. She was trained by the legendary killer Kowalski. She made her debut in 95, and she retired from the ring in 2011. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> of course, the uh, WWF, of course, DX uh, from uh, 97 to 99. Vincent Mann later changed his mind by, by hiring Laura, and she made her WWF debut on February 16, 1997, at In Your House 13, Final Four. Her character emerged as a plant from the ringside seat, Choking Marlena while Goldust was in the ring with Triple H. Her original role in the promotion was as the iconic enforcer bodyguard for Triple H and later his Degeneration X group, which included X Pac. She often helped Triple H, then at the time a rising villain, cheat to win by physically interfering in matches, executing her trademark low blow to the groin. Ooh, that was the. She was there introduced as China, a play on words. Fine China is delicate and fragile, which was a, a sharp contrast to her character. Off-screen, off however, the male wrestlers were hesitant at first to let a female overpower them on screen. Hmm. In January 99, China was the first, 13th entrant in the Royal Rumble, becoming the first woman ever to enter the contest. The day after the Royal Rumble, China became a villainess by betraying Triple H and aligning herself with his enemy Vince McMahon and Kane. Laura teamed with Kane in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view against former allies X-Pac and Triple H. At WrestleMania 15, China turned on Kane in his match by attacking him with a chair, appearing to rejoin DX. China and Triple H, however, turned against DX later that evening when they helped Shane McMahon defeat DX member X-Pac. The duo became part of the corporation and later Shane McMahon's corporate ministry. Following the dissolution of the corporate ministry, the villain is China, China remained at Triple H's side. They would eventually split up later in the year. <clears throat> Intercontinental title, uh, Championship between 1999 and 2000. In June 1999, <clears throat> China became the first woman to qualify for the King of the Ring tournament. She was also the first female to be number one contender for the WWF title, but lost the spot to Mankind before SummerSlam in August. Later that year, Lauder became a fan favorite again, during her long feud with Jeff Jarrett. At Unforgiven, she had a match for the Intercontinental title against Jarrett, which she lost. She defeated Jarrett for the title at No Mercy in his last WWF match, 
which was a good housekeeping match, I remember that, on October 17th at No Mercy. In the process, becoming the first and only woman to win the Intercontinental title. She also gained the services of Jeff Jarrett's valet, Miss Kitty. Of course, we all know the cat. Laura claims that Jarrett demanded and received, in parentheses, $300,000 from Vince McMahon in order to lose the title cleanly to a woman. His contract had expired on October the 16th, and he was therefore not contractually obligated to appear on the pay-per-view. If he had not appeared, the WF would have been criticized for false advertising, and the lineage of the title would have been would have been broken. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Chad defeated with Chris Jericho over the belt, defeating him at the Survivor Series, but losing the title to him at Armageddon. The two faced off again in a match on the edition of, of December 28th edition of SmackDown, which ended controversially with both wrestlers pinning each other. As a result, then head of authority Stephanie McMahon Helmsley declared both of them co-champions. At the Royal Rumble, Jericho and China defended the title against Hardcore Holly in a triple threat match to determine the Intercontinental Champion, which Jericho obviously won. China and guys, y'all gonna be blown away when you hear this. China's co-champion's reign is no longer recognized by WWE as now considered a continuation of Jericho's second Intercontinental, Intercontinental reign. That's baloney. Afterwards, Laura briefly teamed with Jericho. I don't, th- I don't know why they would they would they would they would remove that from history. That's part of history right there. I don't get that. Of course, the line with Eddie Guerrero and departure from 2000-2001. Not long after losing the Intercontinental title, Laura became the on-screen girlfriend of Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero and Laura, originally villains, later became fan favorites during the summer of 2000. With Guerrero dubbing her his Mama Sita. The couple faced Val Venus and then rookie Trish Stratus in an intergender tag team match at SummerSlam with the Intercontinental Championship on the line. China won the match but lost the belt two weeks later to Guerrero in a triple threat match with Kurt Angle. They officially split in November of 2000 after China, in the storyline, found Eddie Cavorty in the shower with two two other women. I remember that. Yeah. At the same time, Laura posed nude for Playboy Magazine's November 2000 issue. Who doesn't remember that? Yeah, her Playboy modeling was also worked into a WWE storyline in which it drew the ire of the right to censor a group of morally conservative wrestlers. Shortly after Lauren began a feud with Ivory, a member of the right to censor over the women's title, this culminated in a storyline to Royal Rumble where Laura appeared to re-injure her neck while performing a handspring back elbow. In order to better convince the audience that she was injured. Color commentator Jerry Lawler left the commentator's booth and entered the ring to check on Lawler's condition, something he had not done since the in-ring accident that killed Owen Hart in 1999. When Lawler returned from the injury, she won the women's title from Ivory at WrestleMania 17 in a squash match. Lawler also defended her title against Lita at Judgment Day in 2001. Although she won the match, she soon vacated the women's title as this was, as this was Lawler's final WWF match. The relationship between Triple H, her former real-life boyfriend, and Stephanie McMahon, with whom Laura claims he had an affair and then left her for, was a major factor in her dismissal. She left the WWF on November 30, 2001, several months after she had been taken off of television. In 2007, then-WWF employee Jim Ross claimed that she was not fired 
but rather chose to leave for personal reasons. Laura, in a 2015 interview with Vince Russo, stated that after a meeting with Vince McMahon about the Stephanie McMahon situation, she was sent home and was later sent a fax telling her that she was not needed anymore. There you go. A brief, brief thing in New Japan Pro Wrestling. In 2002, Laura joined New, New Japan Pro Wrestling and made her first appearance at the New Japan 13th anniversary show refereed about between the Steiner brothers and the team of Tanahashi and Sasaki. In September and October 2002, she wrestled several matches for the promotion. After losing to Masahiro Chono on October 14, 2002, Laura performed her final match on October 26, teaming up with a fake Great Muda, who was played by Troy Enders, in a loss to Tanahashi and Kenzo Suzuki. Okay. I haven't heard that Suzuki in a long time. He was a tough dude. In TNA in 2011, during the May 3rd, 2011 tapings of the May 12th edition of Impact, China made her TNA debut, introduced by the returning Spike TV network consultant, Nick Foley. He introduced her as Kurt Angle's business associate. She had been previously referred to as his mistress and tag team partner at Sacrifice. They would face Jeff Jarrett and and Kurt Angle's former wife, Karen. During the tape, she also took part in a battle royal from which she eliminated Jeff. At sacrifice, China excuse me, China submitted Karen for the win in the next tag team match. She left TNA shortly after that. And, of course, here is her, her uh, pornography career. Laura made her porn debut with a 2004 video, One Night in China, Laura and Sean Waltman, of course, they were all know, as X-Pac approached Red Light District Video to distribute the homemade video, which was released in 2004. Laura appeared in her second pornographic video entitled, entitled Another Night in China in 2009. In 2011, Laura starred in her first professional pornographic film for Vivid Video entitled Back Door to China. Ooh. <laughs> okay. She also starred for Vivid as She-Hulk, and their parody of The Avengers, which was released in May of 2012. A spinoff feature centered around the She-Hulk character entitled She-Hulk Triple X was released to video in April of 2013. <clears throat> and, of course, I've already mentioned all the uh, all her films, like 2004, One Night in China, 2009, Another Night in China, 2011, Back Door to China, and also I know what she did called 2012, China is Queen of the Ring, where she portrayed herself in this. And in 2012, she did the Avengers Triple X parody where she played She-Hulk. And in 2013, the She-Hulk parody where she played, like I said, She-Hulk herself. And she also received an AVN Award for in 2006 for Best Selling Title of the Year for her work in One Night in China. And 2012, Best Celebrity Sex Tape for Back Door to China. Okay. Also, uh, believe it or not, uh, she's been featured in several video games, including WWF Attitude, released on N64, placed the first PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and Dreamcast in 1999. WWF WrestleMania 2000, released on N64 in October 99. WWF SmackDown, released on PlayStation in March of 2000. WWF No Mercy, released on N64 on November 17th of 2000. And WF SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, I had this game, I believe, released on the first PlayStation on November 21st in 2000, okay? 
Also, like we mentioned before, Playboy, she modeled new for Playboy. Her first issue, which featured a pictorial of her, was released in November 2000. In 2002, following her departure from the WWF, Laura appeared in a second nude pictorial. She also filmed a Playboy adult documentary entitled Johnny Lawler, Nude Wrestling Superstar, The Warrior Princess, which followed Lawler on the set. Oh, okay. In 2001, Laura, and this is a little piece of literature here, guys. In 2001, Laura released her autobiography called Entitled If They Only Knew. It spent time on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. <clears throat> Television and film. Laura appeared on the Howard Stern Show in 2000 where she claimed that she made a high man out of herself. She also appeared in Third Life from the Sun as Janice, a police officer who briefly dated Harry Solomon. <clears throat> yes. As well as several slack, a stack or two commercials and was a presenter at the MTV Video Music Awards. In 2001, Laura was a guest on the special celebrity edition of Fear Factor. She lost in the final round of the competition to Coolio. <laughs> oh, wow. The following year, Laura was reportedly up for a part in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, but lost out on the role to Christina Loken. I thought China would have, been doing, would have done a whole lot better than her, in my personal opinion. Laura was also the host of Robot Wars Grand Champions in 2002. She also appeared on the celebrity game show Hollywood Squares in 2003. Laura appeared as a character named Lulu in Seven Dust music video for the song Enemy in 2003. Okay, here we go. In early 2005, Laura debuted on The Surreal Life with housemates DeBrat, Jane Wilden, Adrian Curry, Christopher Knight, Marcus Schockenberg, and Vern Troyer. On the show, she drank heavily, appeared nude, and got into an argument with her ex, of course, X-Pac. She remained friends with Adrian Curry after the show and made a brief cameo on her reality show, My Fair Brady. Laura appeared on the Surreal Life Fame Games, which began to air on VH1 in January 2007. The film took place in April 2006 in Las Vegas. Her elimination from the show, which occurred in the seventh episode, was controversial. Andrea Laurel was accumulated the lowest score in the Celebrity Call Backathon Challenge. But she manipulated Kennedy, the judge, to increase her score and got Laura eliminated in the process. Also in 2006, Laura appeared in just another romantic wrestling comedy and illegal aliens, the latter of which was the last movie featuring Anna Nicole Smith before her death on Christina's Court, a syndicated court themed reality show. Laura appeared on, on, in an episode originally airing July 14th, 2007, in a in a civil dispute against a breeder of teacup chihuahuas, Judge Perez ruled in favor of the plaintiff, who was China, awarding her $4,000. Her personal life, okay. Laura's breast implants were custom made for her after her first implants were ruptured during a wrestling match. She had also complained to her plastic surgeon that their largest implants did not suit her frame in the way she desired. Laura's custom implants became the model for the China 2000s, a model of breast implant now marketed to large-framed women and female bodybuilders. Laura claims to have paid $6,000 for them. <laughs> okay. From 1996 to 2000, Laura dated fellow wrestler Triple H. They initially held their relationship from their coworkers because Laura felt that people might think she slept her way to the top. Ooh, okay. The duo also lived together for some time. Beginning in 2003, however, she had a tumultuous relationship with wrestler Sean Waltman, of course, Xbox. 
They were engaged for a period in 2003, then broke up, and then became engaged again. A pattern that would continue for the next two years. In 2004, Laura and a woman made a sex tape eager for a repeat success. The company that released Paris Hilton celebrity sex tape, obtained the footage, edited it, and released it under the name One Night in China. The video sold over 100,000 copies, with the Laura and woman earning a share of the profits. Laura, however, maintained that she did not earn any money from the release. In January 2005, Laura was arrested for domestic assault while allegedly beating up X-Pac. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> on February 8, 2007, the date of Anna Nicole Smith's death, a visibly upset Laura appeared on Larry King Live speaking about her late friend. On the program, Laura claimed that she knew it was counting because of the way the media had ridiculed Smith, and she drew parallels between the plight of Anna and also herself. The wife of the CEO of Trimspot, Monique Gowen, however, claimed that Smith did not consider Laura a friend. Huh. After leaving the WWF, Laura was unable to use the name China because of his trademark. Therefore, she began to use the name China Doll, spelled China, spelled C-H-Y-N-N-A, for public appearances. In November 2007, however, Laura filed papers to change her name legally to China. Hmm. Laura also had problems with substance abuse. She claimed she, her wife was standing out of control around the time she made the sex tape. In January 2005, Sean Woman claimed that she, she was battling drug and alcohol addiction as well as mental illness. Days after the domestic dispute between Woman and Laura, it was reported in the New York Post that she had stripped naked and jumped into a fish tank in a New York nightclub. Mm-hmm. That same month, she made another appearance on the Howard Stern Show where she was slurring her words and going off on random tangents. On a program, she claimed, she claimed not to not want to do drugs anymore, but said that if a lot of cocaine was in front of her, she would do it. After her appearance, she entered a facility specializing in helping people with depression, and she decided to stop drinking. In early 2008, Laura appeared on the VH1 reality TV show Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, but she claimed on the show that she did not consider herself an addict. On December 27, 2008, she was rushed to the hospital after her birthday party, where she was found passed out with cuts on her arms. Ooh. Laura had a strained relationship with her family. She last saw her mother at the age of 16, and she claimed that her father never got over her decision not to join the FBI. She also alleged that her father took out several student loans in her name and without her knowledge, leaving her with $40,000 in debt. On episode of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew in 2008, Laura claimed to have a bad relationship with all of her family members, including her siblings. In September 2010, Laura was hospitalized after overdosing on sleeping medication. As of February 13th, Laura had reestablished a good relationship with her mother. Her father had died in May of 2014. <clears throat> Laura also taught English in Japan. On February 9th, 2015, during the WWE Network podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H mentioned that China does not listen to this guy. This is Triple H's words. Y'all probably remember this, but I'm going to re- mention this one more time. February 9th, 2015. During a WWE Network podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H mentioned that China deserved being in the WWE Hall of Fame, but that problems with children Googling her prohibited it. After being in contact with Vince Russo, she claimed in an interview that Triple H had hit her, which he later called a false statement. Okay. Of course, as we mentioned before, on April 20, 2016, Laura was found dead in her home in Redondo Beach, California. She had been taking medication for anxiety and insomnia. A statement was posted to her Twitter account confirming her death. 
also her wrestling, some of her finishing maneuvers that she was known uh, was doing was, of course, the DDT, a Gorilla Press Slam, of course, Triple H's move, the Pedigree, the Power Bomb, and a Sleeper Slam, signature moves, which are a handspring and back elbow, a jawbreaker, a low blow, and a power slam. Uh, wrestlers that managed her was Triple H, Billy Gunn, The Corporation, DX, Eddie Guerrero, and Chris Jericho. Uh, of course, her, some of her, a couple of her nicknames are, and of course, the nice woman of the world, and Mamacita, while, of course, she was managing Eddie Guerrero. Uh, some of her interest themes, of course, the DX theme by the DX band called Break It Down. Uh, no Chance in Hell, of course, while she was in The Corporation. Uh, while she was managing Triple H, the song My Time by the DX band. Um, Latino Heat, while she was managing Andy Guerrero. Of course, one that that, that uh, she had for herself was called Who I Am. That was a great theme for her, by the way. While it was in, she was in the WWF, and also <clears throat> while she was in TNA, one called Hell on Heels. Hmm. Found that pretty. That's pretty interesting there. Okay, let's see here. Championships and accomplishments. She won the IW International Wrestling Federation Women's Championship one time. She was a Ladies International Wrestling Association Rookie of the Year in 1998. She was also the Professional Girl Wrestling Association Rookie of the Year in 1996. <clears throat> Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked her number 106 of the top 500 singles wrestlers of the year in the PWA 500 in 2000. And, of course, in the WWF, <clears throat> Uh, she held the Intercontinental Championship twice and the Women's Championship once. Of course, the, the side note here by the Intercontinental Belt, as we mentioned before, China technically held the title three times, but the second jointly with Chris Jericho, of course, that we all talked about, that, but WWE does not recognize the reign and consider the title vacant during that time. But if they're not going to consider it, you know what, I guess we will consider it. So there you go. So she's held it actually three times. There you go. That, is that, is that sound fair to everybody? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. I'm listening. Okay. But I think I think I think we all consider we 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 consider she held it three times. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. <clears throat> okay. And a lot of her other media appearances that she made in '96, she appeared on an episode of Pacific Blue. Um, on an episode called One Kiss Goodbye, she played the role of Frank Finley. Uh, she appeared on an episode of the Martin Short Show. Also, um, three episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, where she played the character Janice. Uh, she came back uh, <clears throat> as another character on an episode of Pacific Blue, Pacific Blue called Kidnapped. Uh, she also, in 2000, appeared on an episode of Mad TV and also an episode of uh, MTV Cribs, As Herself. MTV Cribs did a special, you know, they are talking about, like, celebrities' homes. I think that's what that was. Uh, which had featured her, Tony Hawk, and Usher in the same episode. Okay, in 2001, an episode of Tracker, uh, and also an episode of Fear Factor, the first celebrity Fear Factor. Okay, and in 2002, she appeared on another episode of, of uh, Tracker, another episode of, uh, of uh, an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where she played Mary Jo Ponder, the Nick Cannon Show, where she played herself. Relic Hunter. Uh, she was actually, believe it or not, I got this on the Who's Line Appreciation Society page. I appeared on an episode of Who's Line Is It Anyway? Which was kind of neat. <laughs> uh, she also appeared on a, a Celebrity Boxing 2. 
It's also on the Anna Nicole Smith holiday special, which was part of the Anna Nicole show I think they had on E! for a short time. Yeah. yeah. In 2005, she appeared on The Surreal Life as herself. 2006, My Fair Brady as her, uh, an episode called Love on the Rocks Therapy Part 1 as herself. 2007, The Surreal Life Fame Games as herself. 2008, Celebrity Rehab. I think that's the one I said with Dr. Drew as herself. 1999, the movie Beyond the Mat as herself. In 2000, China Fitness More Than MCI as herself. Also, 2001, the movie Alien Fury, Countdown to Invasion. She plays a character named Ava Zurich. 2001, in a, in a movie in a movie or a show called On the Line, where she played one of Rod's dates. Okay. 2002, on uh, Frank McCluskey's CI, where she played a character named Frida. And, to, and also, Joni Lauer, Warrior Princess, as herself. In 2003, and I, I believe this was, uh, this, I think they were trying to bring about the show Hunter, the okay. show called Hunter, Back and Force. Or this might have been something else having to do with Hunter. I'm not sure what this was. But she played a character named Brandy Rose. Um, and also, some a short film called Romp, where she played a character named Lulu. In 2005, a special called 101 Reasons Not to Be a Pro Wrestler, where she played herself. 2006, just another romantic wrestling comedy where she played a character named Roxanne. In 2007, she had a couple of roles here um, on Illegal Aliens, where she played a character named Rex. And of Cougar Club, where she played Teddy Archibald. Okay. In 2011, uh, Losing Control, where she played a character named Barb. 2012, A Night at the Silent Movie Theater, where she played a sexy drummer. <laughs> okay. And 2013, White Tea, where she played a psychic. Okay. It's and guys, that's, guys, that's pretty much, uh, uh, that's, that's pretty much, uh, in, a, in a nutshell here, I know we've got most, some of the show here left, but, uh, I'll, uh, Go ahead and get a complete rundown here of it. Uh, uh, um, so first off, uh, like I said, we only have JD, you, and Gregory, and John here left here on the on the line tonight. Ann and Bobby, like I said, had to leave here earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, JD, we'll start with you, Bud. Your overall thoughts on China? What can we say about her? I mean, she's done it all. She's been through it all. She had her own demons to deal with too, though. But uh, like we said before, I mean, she left us too soon. I mean, 45 years old is very young, however. She'd make it to 50, and had she cleaned up her act quite a bit, however, I mean, she'd still be around. But she'd been through it all. She, I mean, when you think about past divas who set the trailblazing uh, era in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was her. I mean, she went through so many battles, and, of course, she became the first King of the Ring participant as a female, she also became the first IC champion, which I don't think anyone will ever forget. However, I mean, like we said, she did a lot, and she went through a lot. So it's unfortunate that she had to leave us too soon. Uh, good good there, J.D., good uh, point of view there, my man. Uh, Gregory, your overall thoughts and opinions, sir, about China? Yeah, China was the, one of the first people who made the attitude there and stuff. She was very built. She was not like one of them like thinky 
wrestler, she was like, she was like part of the guys. She was like, wow. I was like, who's this chick? And watched some stuff on the Monday Night Wars. They talked about her. And I, it's really a shame that everyone makes mistakes with taking drugs and stuff. But, but it, my prayers and keep her indoor and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Excellent their point of view there, uh, Gregory. Uh, John, do you have any? Did you have any uh, thoughts that you wanted to post on here? And I'll leave it to everyone to see what you have to say right here. And first, John did say she was in fact a great wrestler. Yes. I would agree. Anything else you care to add there, John? And, and this is, John, they remind me of one thing we did. We did not do it at the beginning here, but I will do it after I get in if John has any more thoughts here. Um, okay, John, I'll wait just a couple minutes. I will, we will, before we do any... So like I said, we will do a few little fancy, few fancy matchups involving China. That we will do a small, we will do a moment of silence for her. I'm going to see if John has anything else he wants to say. All right, guys, uh, I got to get going. Okay, Gregory, thank you very much. Hey, have a good weekend, guys. See you Monday. All right. I thought I should have a good weekend, Greg, and. Uh, We'll uh, catch you on the flip side. All right, thank you for coming on and helping us out. Not a problem. Yes, sir. Take care, sir. Thank you. And then there right, was so, two. Let's go to Greg Ressler. Uh, Big Diesel Gregory Kramer. We thank you for coming, come, thank him for coming on here tonight. While he does that, ladies and gentlemen, I will go on and let you know that, uh, just a couple of side notes, uh, that right now <clears throat> the the tag match in the fantasy wrestling uh, league uh, tag team tournament is still up for grabs here. It, 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 it could still be um, <clears throat> one that it, it's still, like a, it's still, like I said, up for grabs here. Uh, as I said before, ladies and gentlemen, the, the uh, <clears throat> this, uh, I believe it was the third or fourth match we have up for that. And, uh, of course, remember, uh, I said the Ascension is taking on uh, Tito Santana and Rip Martel's strike force. Uh, Ann and J.D. did vote for the Ascension to move forward. Gerard did also, did also vote, but he voted for strike force. Uh, okay, and I do believe we do have... Okay, I see what that is. Okay, that's why he asked us to wait just a minute. Uh, Join us there uh, on, on the line. Who is uh, uh, <clears throat> the first 2016 Hall of Fame will come while radio King John Gross. Uh, John, uh, yeah, I assume you wanted to give your thoughts on China through voice instead. So yeah. please, Definitely. please go ahead and uh, proceed, sir. Definitely, Chad. I mean, I mean, this morning when I when I got up this morning, I was like. Ooh, uh, I couldn't believe it. I was I was in shock first. I thought it was 
it was kind of a joke all of a sudden, but all of a sudden I knew I knew it happened. I I just didn't know. I mean today today is a sad day. I mean, think about J D and Gregory and Chad. We've lost three great people today. We've lost Prince, we've lost Percy Sledge, and now we've lost the greatest woman to have ever fought men and we've lost the greatest woman to have hold the Intercontinental Championship and in doing so we've lost another great woman who who's been a fighter all her life, struggling with her demons and struggling with her uh, her relationships, her um past relationships. All I gotta say is, you know, China China to me, she was she was a great great person. And I'm sure every D, every WWD women need to know this from the bottom of their their own words. China was an inspiration to all these women. China was an inspiration to everyone. I mean she paved the way, she set the bar, she she set the bar, she became the intercontinental champion. She she raised the standards for what WWE is today. China but there's no doubt in my mind that she'll never be forgotten. She'll she will never be forgotten. She won't be forgotten. And I just hope WWE does does their part next year in adding her into the Hall of Fame. But all I gotta say is, Chad, she was a great wrestler. Um, she was she was not just a pretty face, but boy, she could kick butt in the center of the ring, whether it be Stone Cold or Steve Austin, Mankind, The Rock, Triple H. X-Pac, Chris Jericho, Undertaker, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, you knew them, she was in the ring with them. She kicked ass to the forest, she was a badass superstar, and it's just tough to know. When you lose one of your wrestlers, when we lose one of our wrestlers, we just feel like you lose one of your own. I mean, I was in total shock when I heard the news today, and I was also in total shock when Prince died. But like I said, today today's very much a sad day and the world needs to know this. And China China, with all due respect, you'll definitely be missed. The WCWS revolution, whether we saw your matches, whether you were going for your tough time, we'll just let you know that we will always miss you and we will always respect you. Godspeed, Joni Waller. Godspeed. Great, great words, uh, John. Absolutely, uh, no true words right there have been spoken here. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> while we wait for uh, John, I think John is still on the chat box. Uh, uh, and um, on a segue to that, um, we'll have time to do like uh, we'll do two match fancy matchups apiece. Uh, involving China, but before we do that, there, JD, I think we'll wait till uh, John. Please, uh, like I said, let us know when you're back online there. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, what we'd like to do at this time, ladies and gentlemen, is have a brief moment of silence for, as John put it, a tremendous female superstar broke a whole lot of barriers in professional wrestling and someone who in the eyes of the wrestling of the actual wrestling universe wrestling fans will never ever be forgotten despite everything she had been through 
So, baby, um, if you please, gentlemen, please join me in a brief moment of silence for China. Almighty God, thank you for being with everyone here this evening and, of course, tonight. As we pay tribute to someone who <clears throat> was well-known here in this infamous sport we know as pro wrestling, uh, she did have her she did have her demon. She did have uh, a lot of things go on that. You may not probably seem true blue in your eyes, my Lord, but we ask tonight in due respect to watch over her family who have been through so much trouble, trouble times over for especially over the short life of this great of this great lady. Watch over them tonight, keep them in your arms and comfort them and know that they they do not have they do not have to share the grief and sorrow alone that they are there, that you are there with them in spirit, in mind, in heart and in soul. And I should definitely say that heaven has gained another tremendous wrestling personality and the Heaven Wrestling Federation is going to be is going to have a uh, very shocking debut here, I'm sure. Next couple of days, I'm sure. But <clears throat> I watch over her family and her, her friends, and most importantly, her the people who still respected her to this very day, despite being away from wrestling for a long period of time. Uh, <clears throat> we ask all this in the name of your Son Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all of our sins. Amen. Amen. On that note, gentlemen, uh, we have, like I said, about uh, 15 minutes here before we uh, end, end the evening tonight. So I guess what we will go ahead and do is that, John, do you think of a couple of fantasy matchups involving the ninth wonder of the world, China? And, uh, J.D., of course, you, you please do the same thing. And I, will, I already got course, mine. You got one right off the bat? <clears throat> okay. And, ladies and like I said, normally I, I would say the sky is the limit, but tonight, in tribute, to the ninth one of the world, China, where we're doing fantasy matchups involving this fine superstar. JD, please start us off with your first fantasy matchup. China versus the boss, Sasha Banks. Great match here. Uh, <clears throat> I can see this going about a good 20, 30 minutes. It would kind of remind me of the match she had with Lita in 2001. Uh, uh, I would have to call this one a draw because this would be too hard, too close to call. What do you think about that, Jason? Yeah, I think a draw sounds right because these two are just so tough with each other and you don't know how long they'll last with each other. I mean, Sasha with her attitude, China with her mean attitude. And, I mean, like I said, it's it, it, it's it's definitely tough to call. So, yeah, I would go draw as well. Exactly. John, your thoughts on JD's match here, China taking on Sasha Banks?
I still have him on the chat box, but uh, <clears throat> we'll get his response here in just a few. And uh, while we wait and see what what fancy matchup he has, I'll uh, oh, he says he's listening to the words he just said just a minute ago. So he'll get on to the fancy matches. Okay, all right. He said that that's all right, John. That's all right. That's all right. But uh, <clears throat> go ahead and be thinking of a couple concerning China. But JD had one here. JD, uh, China taking on Sasha Banks. Your thoughts here? And while we're waiting for your answer, I'll go ahead and give mine. Uh, and keep in mind, there, gentlemen, that she also wrestled men as well as women. Yep. So, on that note, I'm going to give this one a shot. I'm going to say China will take on. This is going to be a real shot in the dark. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Ooh. John Cena. Mm. Yes. Uh, I'll get my thoughts on this. Uh, be a good contest. Uh, I'll say this is my last good, maybe 20 minutes or so. Uh, uh I think in this case, China will find a way to, to get by Cena. With, I think China might end up using Cena's own finishing maneuver in order to pick up pick up the win here. I'm going to give it to China in this case. J.D., your thoughts are China versus Cena. Good match here. I think John Cena is going to be realizing you can't see me when China decides to attack, so China will win this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> China would pull off a win over Cena. Uh, John, your thoughts on uh, JD's match with uh, Sasha Banks, on China's match with Sasha, Sasha Banks? Who would pull the win off in that one? John says other sports, and she said the Orioles two, the Blue Jays three two. Yes, and of course I mentioned the no hitter by Jake Arrieta tonight, who blasted the Reds sixteen nil. Uh, John says, or he, I think he said earlier while I was doing the, uh, I believe doing the thing on the the profile series on China, he mm-hmm. said something about that this this gentleman you just mentioned sold out, however, because he was an Oriole. Hmm. I don't know. That's what that's his words. I mean, you can yeah. ask him about it if you want to. Uh, but anyway, he said your match, JD. You said earlier, John said that China would pull that one off. Oh, okay. So mean, you said, and I both went draw. We both said draw on, on that one, John. If you have one, go ahead and get yours ready to go. And, and JD, you and I will think of one more before we end the show tonight. All right. And while everyone's thinking of their next fancy matchup, I'll go ahead and give this out one more time. <clears throat> One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound. 
You're listening to episode number 43 of the, of the second installment of the Radio Network NWO Wolfpack. <clears throat> As we, of course, tonight pay tribute to the Knife Woman of the War China, who, of course, we heard earlier today, has passed away at the age of 45. I'm, of course, Mr. Dixon, his Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you. Uh, so for, and so far tonight, I'll uh, have the Iceman JD, Jerry Geronimo, of course, one half of the that, uh, news team, King Ice. Of course, also, he's a 2015 Hall of Famer, as well as for Paul of Raw Radio in the Outlook and Wrestling Revisited. And also tonight, uh, <clears throat> uh, on the chat box from Raw Radio, the first 2016 Hall of Famer, the King of Suplex Machine, John Gross. I do want to thank Big Diesel Gregory Kramer, the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rockenbach, and Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziggler, for coming on here earlier tonight as well, for joining us for this special moment. We do definitely appreciate it. And here is John's match. And this is kind of, ooh, okay. He's got China versus Brock. Mm-hmm. So uh, shit finishes on well, that one. Yeah, John, uh, your thoughts on your match and why you're why you come up with that, uh, JD? Uh, your thoughts on China taking on Brock? I want to say draw, but you know what? I am going to have to say draw because, I mean, Brock's too strong. We know about China's uh, toughness, so I'm going to go draw again. Okay. I've got to say, and John's actually saying Brock would pull the win off in this. Um, And unfortunately, in no disrespect to China, but I I would think Brock would pull the win off in this as well. Uh, Good matches all around here, guys. And I hope I said, um, I said, John, have one more ready to go. JD, you have one more ready, and I'll. Uh, yeah, I have one uh, more, and I'm, I'm ready to close out my match on the night with a good one. Do you want to go ahead? Intergender. We'll go intergender this time. Okay. Okay. It will be two females versus the two guys. China, ah. It'll be China teaming up with Paige, taking on KO and Seth Rollins. China and Paige versus KO and Seth Rollins here uh, in great intergender tag match. Uh, uh, JD, your match, your thoughts on this, please. Four great individuals, but you know what? The ladies win here. Charlotte and Paige, um, China Paige uh, show whose house it really is on this night as Paige and China celebrate with the win. Okay. All right, John, your thoughts here on this intergender tag match made by JD as China and Paige team up to do battle against KO and Seth Rollins. John is saying China and Paige will pull a win off in this. The ladies will pull it off one more time. And I got to – this would probably go a good maybe – I would I would think a good maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. It'd be surprising. Uh, good, good athletic ability all around. Um, I got to go with the ladies on this too. And I think – I guess because John answered China and Paige, John says he knows that Gerard would punch him in the mouth for saying that. <laughs> okay. Uh, or, or John, or do you have do you have another match? Do you have another one lined up? Let's see what you got here.
Oh, okay, this is what he was talking about when he said you're to punch him in the mouth of this. He's got another woman-on-woman match here as China will take on Becky Lynch. Ooh. He kind of stole, very, my, mo- he stole my mojo on this one. Good very boy. interesting on that. Uh, job me thinking about your answer here. Uh, J.D., I'll let you take this first, China versus Becky Lynch. I got to take the Irish last kicker on this one in a close one. Okay, okay. Ooh, tough one to call here. Uh, that's not the one, your first one, J.D. I've definitely got to say a draw, but this is too close to call. It would it, it'd be, a, this would be, this would be one of those women's matches that would last after 20, 30 minutes, tops. They, they could go the distance. Yep. I mean, if you, if you took China, say, in her, in the role in the period when she was a bodyguard for Triple H, in this versus her, it would go it would go a little bit longer, I think. Yep. John is saying China. Hmm. So that's for me. Like I said, I said of course I said a draw as well. Okay, my final one here in, in tribute to the one and only ninth wonder of the world. How about we do of course we don't do a whole lot of mixed tag matches here, but we want to do, we'll do one here tonight. And this will be pretty unique. I think y'all will get a kick out of this. It will be China teaming up with Andre the Giant, eighth and ninth wonder of the world, teaming up. There you go. As they do battle against uh, give me a second. I want to give a good one here. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. The Big Show and Awesome Kong. Ooh, that's a good one. China, like I said, China and Andre the Giant versus <clears throat> The Big Show and Awesome Kong. JD, your thoughts on this mixtape? The eighth and ninth one of the world are too strong here. Yeah. Uh, John's also going with China and Andre, and I'll have to say the same thing, too. So, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much here for providing us with, some, with a few fancy matchups here tonight. And we'll, you know, we may, and I may end up doing just some, uh, some, some tribute, uh, some tribute fancy matchups on the Extreme League page in tribute to China. Uh, <clears throat> if you care to, I said to jump in on that. I do believe the, yes, the website for that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash capital XWL lowercase wrestling history. And uh, <clears throat> definitely chime in on what, um, what you, and what you have. Uh, and, um, and we may put your, your matches that you guys popped on here. Uh, and tonight plus we'll add a few others. I may top up a few, few here tonight and we'll, uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Also, I still forget the Fancy Wrestling League page. Uh, like I said before, uh, the vote we still need. We still need some more votes in for that. Uh, like I said, right now it's kind of deadlock with uh, JD, you and Ann both uh, voting for the Ascension to defeat Strike Force, while Gerard choosing Strike Force to defeat the Ascension. We need, uh, like I said, uh, two more votes for Strike Force or one more for the Ascension, and that would 
that would kind of take care of the match. Uh, <clears throat> so definitely, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, please jump on there, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash W7US Fantasy League. And also, while we're all here, we'll check this one more time. Um, of course, as you know, we, we in, in uh, tribute to the one and the only Balls Mahoney last night, and per recommendation of <clears throat> of um, the JML experience, we actually started a HWF <clears throat> hardcore championship, and we were definitely going to have a fatal four-way match. <clears throat> uh, and so far, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I did I did report that one person um, didn't make it on, and I do have an update, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> so far, we do know, like I said, as I mentioned before, the Macho Man Randy Savage has qualified for this match, and also I can report that Brian Pillman has also uh, um, qualified, and as of right now, uh, the Ultimate Warrior has also qualified for this match. I said three more votes get, get gets to win in this, um, but uh, we have so far five people vote for Macho Man, four vote for Brian Pillman, and three vote for the Ultimate Warrior. And we've had two vote for Balls Mahoney, Road Warrior Hawk, and Roddy Roddy Piper. While we had one person, I do believe we have him on the here with us, which is you, J.D., yeah. vote for Public Enemy, the Big Boss Man, and Renegade. So, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we need one more combatant, and like I said, it could be a toss-up between Boss Mahoney, Road Warrior Hawk, and Roger Roddy Piper, but who would make it into the hardcore title match. But so far, I can I can report that we do have a, we do have so far three out of the four decided, like I said, the Macho Man Randy Savage, Flying Brian Pillman and the Ultimate Warrior involved in this match for the new HWF Hardcore Championship. Uh, while I'm on that page, I got a I, we got I got a comment on this. Our friend Captain Dave Spieler, of course, another 2016 Hall of Famer, has posted has found this poster uh, came some, came from something called China for WWE Hall of Fame, um, and he calls it Heaven Mania. And I can, and and you will not believe the 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 the, the wrestlers involved in this that he's got listed. Now I got I gotta I gotta read it off right fast before we go here, folks. <clears throat> it's got WrestleMania on the bottom of the picture, uh, <clears throat> but what I have here is like as run down just like this. In in the front here, you got Andre the Giant, the Ultimate Warrior, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Then in the background, you've got Chris Benoit, Owen Hart, Jonathan the Clown, and Eddie Guerrero. Then in the back, you have now China, Bula, and Mae Young. And then on the other side, you have Road Warrior, Hulk, the British Bulldog, and Balls Mahoney. And also, in the very back, you have Dusty Rhodes, Rick Rude, Yokozuna, and Rowdy and Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Uh, we've had a bunch of people comment on this on this particular picture. Someone actually mentioned that Benoit shouldn't be in this picture, but, but I think we've we've all would agree that that's not the case. 
he does deserve to be in on there, and that's and that's quite all right with us. But great pick. Check it out. It's in the Heaven Wrestling Federation page if you want to take a gander at that. <clears throat> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much here for joining us here tonight for the special edition of NWO Wolfpack, episode number 43. As tonight, we, of course, we pay tribute to the one and to the late ninth wonder of the world of China. I'll give this out one more time. one 7444 Call ID 138-521-POUND. <clears throat> and, of course, I have been, I'm Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw, and I want to thank uh, the Iceman, J.D., Jeremy Geralmo, <clears throat> as well as the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, as well as Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer, the last kicker, Henry Rockenbach, and Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Zippel, for joining us here tonight. Uh, we were hoping to have some more folks on tonight, including our own King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, and hopefully the return of the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and we were even hoping to hear from our resident independent wrestler, Ronda Rush Wright, but apparently something must have come up with these folks, and we're hoping they're okay, and we send our wishes to you if, in fact, that is the case, and hoping that you will be able to talk this up uh, tomorrow night for uh, as we get back on track here with a uh, Friday edition of Revolution. Um, we will definitely talk about what we'll do tomorrow for tomorrow night, but uh, uh, we'll have uh, we may have another match in Revolution Reborn that hasn't been decided yet. Uh, we may <clears throat> we may um, do some more uh, like what we did last night with the with the matches bracket. I may do we may do that. I'm not sure. <clears throat> we'll definitely we'll definitely like I said let everyone know what we plan to do here for tomorrow night. Of course, our rest of the news and views been brought to us by King Ice. And our history about the human suplex machine, John Gross, will definitely be the first part of the show. So join us tomorrow night for this uh, Friday edition of the Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution, which in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, May the 6th, will be our very first anniversary of the WWS Radio Network. So join us for a special edition of that from 9 to 11, of course. Call ID always is 138055-POUND. <clears throat> and uh, for, like I said, JD, um, John and Gregory and Bobby. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And this has been a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network where it's for wrestling fans, by wrestling fans. And we are all we will always continue to be your wrestling connection. Take care. Be in the ring. Rest in peace, China. Thank you for what you brought to us. And as always here in the radio network. God With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.